Thank you for joining us on Time Out with the Lord with my pastor, Dr. Mrs. Senye Obilulu Briggs, who ministers at the Chapel of God International Worship Center. Today's episode will uplift your spirit and edify your soul. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Almighty God. We bless your holy name. We just adore you. You have been kind to us. You have been showering us with your blessings. We thank you for the way you have been dealing with us. Thank you. In you, we have life. In you, we grow. We find growth. We thank you for everything that you are causing us to experience, the wonderful experiences. You, you are a living hope. Without you, we are, we are nothing. Lord, we thank you for, for giving us the, the wisdom and the Spirit of God to direct us, to lead us, even up to this hour, to bring us together. It is all by your doing. And we acknowledge it so, and we say, thank you, our Lord. You have brought us that we might be blessed some more, that we may receive some more of your, your, your mercies, your compassion, because the whole day, Lord, only you know what some of us have been through, what we have done, but we are here, we know, to recognize the fact that you love us. And so we are convinced your mercy is upon our lives. Thank you. Let your word come, Almighty Father, and do that which you have asked, which you have sent it to do in our lives. May we experience the power in your word. May we experience that great grace that we receive, the faith that increases when your word comes forth. May each and every one of us be turned around for the better. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Um, we're looking at Lamentations. Lamentations of Prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 3, 22 to 26. Very short passage, but it's packed. Now, Lamentations are a collection of poems written by, by the prophet while he was mourning. He was mourning the destruction of Jerusalem. At this time, we realized that Jerusalem had been leveled to the ground. The city had been totally destroyed, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem had been taken away, captive, into Babylon. Now, although very sad events are recorded in the Book of Lamentations, there's also a very important angle that you know we see an angle to it that leads us to trust God even while we are seeing devastation even while we are mourning to trust God and to have great hope in him hope in the future our passage today clearly paints that picture the picture of God that makes us to understand that if we, I'm talking about you and I, put ourselves in the place of Israel, if we had been dealing with another kind of God instead of this God that is full of mercy, you know, considering all our faults, all our failings, considering our total disregard, considering our actions that are so displeasing 
to him, definitely we will know that no other God would be able to tolerate us and begin to call us back onto himself again and provide the way to get back to him. We totally disregard his pleading at the time when we were in, in darkness, when we were actually in the activities that dishonor his name. He pleads with us, just like he pleaded with Israel. He sends his prophets to us, just like he did. He sent Jeremiah to warn them. If definitely it were another God, we would have been consumed. Now, those were the lamentations. In the lamentations, if you read you know, the rest of it, you will see him paining, grieving, pining. Yet, he had these words in this particular chapter, chapter 3, verse 22 uh, down of Lamentations chapter 3. It says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Before Jeremiah was able to say this, he had recalled his own personal afflictions. He recalled all that he went through. He recalled what he saw, the abominations that his eyes beheld in Israel, the atrocities committed by the so-called people of God. He remembered all that he himself suffered in the hand of the king. You remember King, king Zedekiah? All that he went through in the hands of the fellow prophets that today we call brethren, our own people. Even if the unbelievers were doing their own thing, what about the ones that were known as the prophets? He remembered all the lies that they were speaking. He recalled all of that. Jeremiah also recalls for him to be able to say that the mercy of God, you know, is great. He recalls the, the judgments that God put in his mouth. And he declared unto the king, Zedekiah, and he declared unto, unto the people of Israel. All of that. And then, one would think that having seen all of this, and God having spoken and warned them, it will, it, it will seem that after he had declared the judgment of God upon them, because he knew his God, you know, when God has said a thing, he will, it will come to pass, he will do it. One would think that Jerusalem, in fact, there will be no hope for them again. They will be totally, totally and utterly destroyed forever. No, he didn't end there. This same Jeremiah became the carrier of the good news to these same people. Now, this was at the time they had not repented. Destruction was going to happen, destruction had happened, they had not repented. The word of God again came to him, telling them about God's love. You know, God actually offering his love to these people that have been totally disobedient, indignant people. Chapter 33 of the book of Jeremiah. It will amaze you from verse 1 to verse 9. Jeremiah 33 1 to 9. Moreover, 
the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from the city. Verse 6. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, <laughs> and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and will build them as the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear of the good that I do unto them. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. Who was the Lord talking about? The same Jerusalem, the same Israel, the Judah that had forsaken him. At this time, they had not repented. This person that was delivering this message was no other than the same man, Jeremiah, that God had sent to these same people. And now it had happened to them. And he's telling them, call unto me and I will answer you. It's an amazing thing. No other God does that. And then he went about and listed everything that he would do for them. So when Jeremiah was now looking at the ruins and everything, of course, he had to recall, he had to remember the statements of this God that said he will restore again. He will bless them. He will hear them. He will do everything by them. You know, so his lamentation definitely included the nature of God, the love of God. After declaring, you know, to a totally lost people and it actually came to pass. Jeremiah had to add in his lamentation the nature of this God that has chosen them. He's so merciful. He's so compassionate. He's so merciful that his compassion moves back to the sinner. The sinner commits a sin and moves on. In his sin, he moves on. But the compassion of God locates the sinner. And then his mercy speaks for such a person. His compassion guides the sinner, walks the sinner through on how to come out and receive the mercy of God. 
It's amazing. It's truly amazing. When you get to understand this, you cannot but bless God. Which God does such a thing for his followers? Which, which God of all the gods of the earth that we know, which God does that? As a man offends God on daily basis, his compassion is aroused. Every wrong, therefore, is considered. Some are not left behind. Because the Bible tells us, as we read in Lamentations, the Bible tells us that they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What is new every morning? He was referring to the previous verse. The Lord's mercies, because of it we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. God's grace is revealed as his compassion meets our sin. And this is God's purpose towards the lost sinner. This is God's purpose towards the one that is going astray. He gives the divine condition on what should happen if someone sins. And the condition is nothing but that you call him, call on him. And because of his merciful nature, there's nothing more the sinner is supposed to do. As you turn back, you come into the welcoming arms of the one that is willing to receive you, the one that is already out to receive you. I keep referring to the, the story of the, the one that is called the prodigal son. He did not beg his father. He did not go to beg for forgiveness. There's something definitely the church has to get right to make it easier as God intends it for the sinner to be reconciled with God. We only need to look at the scriptures Look at what the Lord has said and will be, it will be so easy to win people back. It will be so easy for anyone who hears the gospel to put every pain, everything aside, no matter the depth, and come calling on God. It tells the sinner to call on him, to turn from his ways and do what? Receive forgiveness. As you come to him, you receive forgiveness. We are encumbered today by the teaching that makes us to consider God as if he is one of our gods on earth, as if he is one of, one of us, like man, where we weigh the sin and consider whether we want to forgive or not, or whether the person has pleaded enough or not unfortunately that is not how God is but fortunately for us sinners God has shown us what we should do we should call on him we should come to him instead of worshiping other gods instead of receiving ministration from 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 the evil one we should turn to him and call on him worship him make a decision to obey his words and walk in his ways Forgiveness is already given unto us. We walk into his welcoming arms. And as we accept his forgiveness, he's ministering to us the things that he has kept in place for us. As you turn to the Lord, your ways prosper. 
things you are not able to do, you do them. Once you come into Christ, you are empowered. You become his and you follow his direction and things become easy. First of all, your heart is stronger. Fear departs from you. They are renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Has God heard you once when you were in problem, when you had serious issues? And then that time passed. And then you called on him. And he heard you again. And then again he heard you. And again and again and again he heard you. If that is the case, then it should have been established in your heart that God is faithful. Here, Jeremiah was recalling the faithfulness of God. That is, how God had been faithful with them before that time. So when he recalls the faithfulness of God, he knows that the promise of God, the words of God, to bring them out, once they can just turn back, instead of following their evil ways, once they can turn back and face him and begin to worship him, how God will restore, redeem, bless, and all of that. He was so sure because he had experienced God. The people of Israel had experienced God. They had experienced God when they were being pursued, when they were totally lost and gone. The enemy was behind. The Red Sea was before them. Hearts were failing. What to do now? Is it that there was no grave in Egypt? That's why uh, Moses brought them so that they can all drown, so that there will be no need for a coffin. Is that why? Or is it the time that they were hungry and then they wanted new taste of food? God gave them food. Is it the time they were thirsty through the rock? He brought water out. He had been faithful countless of times. The Red Sea parted and they crossed. That is the faithfulness of God. Coming to the time of uh, Joshua, because you see, when you read the scriptures, for you to have a proper understanding, you must relate with the person who was speaking at that time. Jeremiah is talking about the faithfulness of God. Why would, in the midst of his lamentations, why, how, how, how was he able to build up his hope? Because he remembered. So I ask myself, what were the things that Jeremiah remembered? How had God shown his faithfulness to these, his people? And of course, my mind immediately went to Moses' period of deliverance. And then during the time of Joshua, we also saw it. He delivered them from, uh, from the hand of Pharaoh and they were able to pass through the Red Sea on dry ground. Now they have come to the river Jordan by the side of Jericho. Well, how will this God deliver them? Is he a faithful God or is he not a faithful God? And I decided to search. And what did I find? Joshua, I want you to please come with me to Joshua chapter 3. After Moses handed over to Joshua, Joshua faced the same thing. I don't know what you are facing today. Has it been faced before? Did God move in the case of the other person? The same God that you are calling. Why will he not move in your time? Chapter 3, verse 13, 13 to 17, quickly. 
The priests will carry the ark of the Lord, mm -hmm. the Lord of all the earth. Mm -hmm. As soon as their feet touch the water, the yeah. flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the ark of the governance went ahead with them, ahead of them. It was a harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, mm -hmm. which is near Zaretan. Mm -hmm. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Hallelujah. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, before then, in verse 7, when they came to Jordan and Joshua, of course, talked to his father, look at the response of the Lord. He said, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Hallelujah. So we are, we are seeing that it is the same God. If it is the same God that your pastor is calling and there are testimonies, the man of God that you know, testimonies abound in his or her life, deliverance here and there, and you come across the same situation, why will you not call on that same God? All you need to do is to remember recall what he has done look at your own life recall what he has done and in the midst of your lamentations in the midst of your lamentations remember and let your hope be on him exactly what jeremiah did and when he remembered all of that he said the lord is my portion for he's not moving left or he's moving right it doesn't matter what he was seeing it does not matter what was going on as far as he knows, the Lord that was with Moses, that proved to be the same God the time of Joshua, leading up till now, and the same God that spoke to him, definitely his words, as he has said them, he will bring them to come to pass. I have experienced terrible situations where if God had not been my God, I would not even have been here. Men have tried to kidnap me once where a limping man behaved like as if he was limping and suddenly moving with me and I was trying to move faster. Do you know I was, where I was going? The, the car was, the vehicle was in front and he, the energy with which he carried me into the bus and I struggled with him. I don't know how I did it and I fell out of the bus. People were moving up and down. Nothing happened. And I ran without looking back without my slippers until one child brought my slippers that was an experience god almighty delivered me i don't know what you are facing but that god that delivered me will also deliver you whatever you are facing and i pray it don't even be as much as what i experienced but in everything that you experience god is using it to strengthen you the more after that experience twice i faced the same kidnap once in front of my workplace in the hotel 
I was brought out. The car was right in front and they were to put me inside, but God brought a savior and I was moved and I entered my own car. Plus people that came to kidnap me entered my own car. At the end of the day, the plan failed because everything that they planned, everything, God put spanner inside their wheel. And so they could not progress further. The same word of God, the, what your enemy is planning, he will not progress further. He will stop and he will be disgraced, he will be shamed, and they will carry their skirts on top of their head. And it happened in my lifetime. Again, but it, did the devil rest? Again, a third time it happened. And even this third time, the so-called evil people, amongst themselves, they decided that they will fight and release me. And I was released. And it is the same God. Now, having had this experience, tell me, why would I not, even if I'm facing problem today, and like Jeremiah, you know, he was lamenting the things he was seeing, the things that, you know, he was experiencing, the ones that he actually felt in his body because they put him in the dungeon. He went through all of that. During his lamentation, he remembered, he recalled, verse 21 says, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. So if you are in any dire situation, what you need to do is to recall who this God is, how he had been mighty before, and how he is the same God, and how he is faithful. Praise the Lord. God's faithfulness yesterday and many times over, over and over should be able to cause you to declare that God is a faithful God. You have to use your mouth to declare the faithfulness of God so that you will experience it. And so he said, the Lord is my portion. I will hope on him. And verse 25, he says, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him when you begin to experience what god is doing to wait will not even be difficult because you'll be looking forward to another manifestation of his mighty power although your body is feeling the pain no one else can understand that kind of pain it is you you are feeling it although your spirit is downcast because there seems to be no way out for you in the kind of predicament that you have found yourself. Although you may have been ravaged, you have lost so much, and there seems to be no dignity in your life anymore. For some, it's like you are now a laughing stock. Just recall to mind the faithfulness of God. Recall to mind his mercy and his compassion. And have hope in him. The same experience was expressed by the psalmist in Psalm 42, verse 6. Psalm 42, verse 6 it says, Oh my God, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. <laughs> what happened in the land of Jordan? He said, I will remember you. Because my soul is downcast, that is why I will remember you. We remember God mostly when things are beautiful. Hey, thank God. Testimony. Hey, what God did for me today, eh? In the midst of your mourning, 
in the me as you recall your losses as you recall how you are not able to raise your head high anymore in your family as you recall what is it for some people it's so sad for them their their younger ones have become you know the breadwinners in the family whereas it is them that everybody was looking up to so it's like they see themselves as hopeless and useless jeremiah was supposed not to have hope he was a man of god yet his life was utterly destroyed but he said god is my portion in fact my life would have been terrible if not for you now that terrible life he was talking about is not the one that is past that is crushed he's talking about his life as a whole from that moment even his future life but in the future he has great hope and so he's saying that if not that this god is my god in fact i might as well die now but there is no reason why because my future is beautiful and then we now look at what god told him in jeremiah chapter 33 in your distress seek god then you will find him to be a good god you'll find him to be very good to you verse 25 that is the goodness that is declared the lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him at that time you're calling on him things have not changed but already you are declaring you know that the lord is good and when he says those that wait on him we must not be in a hurry we must not be in a hurry verse 26 says it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait quietly not wait making noise complaining here and there not waiting with so much anxiety your whole body is talking more than your lips are talking it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the lord god's time is the best you can ask me and i will tell you again god's time is the best to deliver us just now might be to deprive us of the benefit of trouble according to that's a quote from uh, charles Spurgeon. He said, to deliver us now might be to deprive us of the benefit of trouble. We must bear it until it produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Trouble produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Things that we say we don't like, you know, not bad things, but sometimes they are, they, they are hard. Sometimes they are tough on us. But if we wait on God, it will produce fruits of righteousness, peaceful fruits of righteousness. The scripture says so in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. 
what some of us call punishment and cry it is so hard so difficult to others it is simply exercise that's what it is yes you can punish somebody by telling the person to walk around this house 10 times <laughs> to some other person it's exercise the person will see it as a muscle builder and that is how God wants us to see every single hard experience we come across if we see it as muscle builder if we see it as exercise that tones us that gives us more energy more power then we'll be able to take on more and achieve more and become more successful in life everything that god allows to come the way of his children become beneficial to them the bible says of course all things work together for good to them that love god to them that are called by his name for his purpose they work out goodness goodness is good and you become the beneficiary of that goodness if you know god like jeremiah in the midst of your mourning in the midst of your sorrow in the midst of your lamentations you will shout for everyone to know that your god is a different kind of god even when people seem to be pitying you you will tell them that it is well it is well all you need to do is to get before him all you need to do is to get closer to him hear him because as you are hearing him you'll be hearing the words that jeremiah heard jeremiah heard them remind yourself of jeremiah chapter 33 and all the promises that he put inside actually came to pass because as of today the children of israel are still god's own people in the midst of your lamentations even as you're crying remember tell people that your god is a different god as you are praising your god you by yourself wipe away your tears so you mourn like someone that has hope your god is different he promised if you call on him he will get you out of your predicament and he will and you burst out singing when others are talking about you know problems you will say no your god is different your god is different from all the other kinds of gods now you will know that your god is not the one that was created he's not like man who considers or like other gods who also considers you know whether the 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 atonement that you have given whether it is enough or not no he is the one that tells you exactly what to do he says call on him in our own case our atonement has been made christ has died already in the time of the jews he told them just bring one animal do it this way do it this way burnt offering do it that way do it that way and that is it you receive forgiveness your sins i blot out how but that is him psalm 109 says he will not always chide that is his anger will not last forever it is not every time that god will will, will be punishing you or flogging you or you know letting you go through hardship no he's a compassionate god so you can remind him you go to him and remind him he knows 
And for us now, we have the advocate who felt when he was here, everything we are feeling now. So he understands. He knows. But let's not gripe. Let us wait quietly. But call on him. God considers Psalm 103 verse 9. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. God Almighty considers our humanity. He knows. He knows our weaknesses. You know, and it is this weakness of ours that arouses his compassion. Like a father pitied his children. That's how King James Fashion captures it. We are the same person who will say, you won't feed your child because the child has offended, has burnt the, all the soup. So when you manage to bring food, you won't give. You can't, you can't keep it for more than an hour, two hours. You the same mother. Father, you are bringing the child. Please come and eat before you die because you want the child alive. If we, as sinful as we, as we are, have such nature of being compassionate, pitying our own children, how much more our Heavenly Father? He has compassion on us. The same Psalm 103, we see verse 13 and 14. The first one is 103 verse 9, that his anger will not last forever. And this happens because he's a father that has compassion on his children. Like I explained earlier, his compassion goes back to meet with the sinner and directs the sinner the way to go to receive his mercy. So, do we now take God's mercy as license to begin to live a life that God does not approve? Unfortunately, some of us do not give, we don't care, we forget why in the first place we went into serious problems. We forget. Once we come out, after a while, a very short while, we go back. We stop worshipping God. Some of us become hypocrites in our worship of the Almighty God. We say a thing, we do a different thing. Forgetting that we had just testified of his goodness. And we are not waiting on him because if you are waiting on him, you don't wait on him from afar. You'll be waiting on him in very close range where you'll be able to see his face to know whether his hand has the blessing you're, you're seeking. You'll be very close. In fact, you'll be closer. But some of us, we forget once we have received the first. And then we continue. Some actually have it at the back of their minds. Later. Not now. Let me finish what I'm doing now. Later. So we take God's mercy for granted. And at such times, there are some who call themselves wise. Such, such people determine the plan for a later action they will carry out that will bring them back to God. They plan, they plan it. For now, I'm here. Uh, later on, I will be on this side. I want us to know that the scripture says that the wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. That which you're doing, planning to leave and come out, may just hold you down. 
to such a point that you will not be able to come out even if you had planned to come out. You may not have it the way you have planned it or have planned for it to end. So now is your time. Call on him and receive his mercy. Lastly, Psalm 145 verse 8 says, it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Of course, our thought for today tells us not to take God's mercy as license for sin. We have heard the word of God. Our God has spoken to us very clearly, calling on us in whatever situation we are to remember, to recall who he is. In the midst of calamity, whether you put your leg inside by yourself or someone put you in, his intention, his desire is that you get out of it. And he gives you the roadmap to come out. He says, call. We believe you've been blessed by listening to this episode of Time Out with the Lord with Dr. Mrs. Senye Obi Lulu Briggs. You can join our daily meetings on Zoom and Skype by logging on to our website at www.timeoutwiththelord.com. For daily messages and encouragement, you can also add us on WhatsApp with the number plus 447506693440. For more information, please call 084-555-188 or 084-554-430. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays by 10 a.m. at the Chapel of God International Worship Center at number 22 Forces Avenue, OGRA, Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Remember, you are God's most beloved. <laughs>